Hey everybody, it's Tony Bruski. You're about to listen to our brand new podcast, Nightmare Neighbors. This is a preview episode for you to get a feel for what this new podcast is all about. You can subscribe now. It's available wherever you download podcasts, Apple Podcasts, you name it. Just search Nightmare Neighbors and press subscribe. And if you wouldn't mind, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps other folks know that this show exists. In doing so, I'm going to enter you into a, a drawing for a $200 Amazon gift card. As long as you let me know that you left that review, shoot me a screenshot of it, send it to Tony at NightmareNeighbors.com, and you'll be in that drawing to win that $200 Amazon gift card just for leaving a review on Apple Podcasts of Nightmare Neighbors. So please do that. And then uh, shoot me the screenshot, Tony at NightmareNeighbors.com. Without further ado, here's a preview of our brand new podcast, Nightmare Neighbors. Be sure to search and subscribe it wherever you download podcasts. How do you approach a neighbor about their unneighborly activity without turning into a bad neighbor yourself? Are there some situations where there's just no right way to handle it? That's the question that we try to answer today on Nightmare Neighbors. Sometimes the people who reside just steps from your front door turn out to be the craziest you'll ever meet, ever have. A nightmare neighbor? Share your story now by calling 888-68-CRAZY or write in at NightmareNeighbors.com. This is the Nightmare Neighbors Podcast. That indeed it is. 888-68-CRAZY is our phone number. Write in at NightmareNeighbors.com to share your nightmare neighbor story with us. Neighbors from hell, whatever you want to call them. That's what we are doing here on this new podcast. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you and uh, welcome to the new show. Hi. Here we go again. I'm excited. <laughs> Starting another podcast. I know. And uh, this one, it's uh, I'm excited about it. There's uh, so many stories that have been coming in and we're launching this. The day we're recording this is the 27th of uh, April 2020. Uh, and we are still in the midst of the COVID-19 outbreak and everyone being at home. Yes. And obviously, if you're listening to it right now, you know what I'm talking about. But if you're listening to this in 2027, yeah, let's jog your memory a little 90 bit. 90% of the country is under a shelter-in-place order. Yeah. So it, very few states, people can get out and do things. But you can go outside for walks, but you're pretty well stuck in your neighborhood with your neighbors. With your neighbors. So either you love them or you hate them or you're fleeing. Uh, there's a lot of crazy neighbor things going on right now. Uh, and there always is crazy neighbor things going on. But I figure the timeliness of everything, this is a great time to start talking about it on a podcast. Mm -hmm. So this is your outlet to share your nightmare neighbor stories with us. You can do it completely anonymously. You don't have to say your name. You don't have to say where you live or anything like that. You can write it in if that's your thing. Nightmareneighbors.com is our website. Or 888-68-CRAZY is the phone number to call and you can voice it there too. And if you're concerned about anonymity there, just let me know at the beginning of the call, disguise my voice. I'll disguise your voice. Um, so there you go. Can be neighbor stories from that right now can be from the past, whatever. Yeah. It, it, it it's timeless because everybody's yeah. always had neighbors and people have always had problems with their neighbors. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's almost like family sometimes. Mm. 
games. Yeah. Where it's like, like you're supposed to all get along. And it's like, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, but with neighbors, it, it's that same sort of dynamic. Is it because everybody's just, it, it's, it's the closeness sometimes with everybody's on top of each other and people genuinely do want space, even if they pretend they don't? I don't know. No, I mean, not always, because you can have neighbor issues even out in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have problems with the next farm over. Yeah. For whatever reason, you know. Yeah. It's it's worldwide. Whatever. Everybody has neighbors. Whatever your nightmare neighbor story is, let's uh, let's hear it. Let's jump into our first nightmare neighbor story of this brand new podcast. It says, "Hey Tony and Jenny, I'm writing from Brisbane, Australia. I've been waiting for years for the opportunity to tell my story." The gods of revenge have smiled on me at last. When I was a single mother to a little boy, I applied for and was granted government housing to rent. The house was located next to the property of a man who I shall call Pigman. The house was a beautiful little two-bedroom cottage on one-fourth acre. When my son and I moved in, I spent some weeks redecorating the inside. Then I moved my attention to the outside, and that is when the trouble started. I first noticed that there were piles of soaking, rotting leaves along the border fence of our properties. Crazy neighbor Pigman and I shared the chain link fence, and he had put about a dozen various citrus trees and a mango tree along the fence line. I could not work out why I had all the wet, rotting leaves from his fruit trees, yet his yard remained clean. After observing him from inside my home, it transpired that he was using his high-pressure garden hose to push all his garden rubbish under our shared chain-link fence into my yard. I figure he was lazy and is a shithead, and I should have probably asked him not to do that. So I approached him and kindly asked him to not engage in unneighborly behavior because it meant that I had to clean up his mess. This was the beginning of eight years of hell for me and ultimately hell for him, too. He did not take kindly to some chick telling him what to do. His behavior over eight years is now considered stalking and would, under the criminal code of Queensland, be in uh in an, an indictable offense however i think indictable is what it's supposed to be however this was 20 years ago and was an incredibly i was an incredibly young me- mom uh, i was alone and laws were not what they are now the leaves and muck coming from his yard increased tenfold i just raked it up to uh, uh, raked it up and uh, put it in my garden trash When he did not get a rise out of me, he decided to resort to nastier actions. He collected dog and cat poop and left it on my back stairs and my front stairs. I cleaned it up and ignored him. So he collected more dog and cat poop and threw it through my windows. I came home and saw what he had done and just cleaned it up and ignored him. Then he started standing at the corner junction of our properties and peeping through my bedroom window. Nothing much to see, though. I was overtly cautious about that. When I went shopping, he'd always just be one aisle away from me. I went underwear shopping one day, and he was in the middle of the bra stands just staring at me. As I was getting government financial support as a student and being a single mom, I was subjected to stringent means tests to continue receiving financial benefits. He worked in the government department that policed all of this. He used to send inspectors to my home to look through the house to ensure that there were only two toothbrushes, no adult male clothes or items around. I used to get a lawyer friend to drop in the same time as the inspectors and introduce himself and sit with me while I was being interviewed. The inspectors gave up coming to my home after a while. 
Today, that would be construed as, or construed as stalking. But at the time, stalking laws were fairly lax. And when I contacted the police service, they repeatedly told me that if he didn't touch me or harm me, they could do nothing about it. So I had to become smart and fix things my way. I sought and gained permission from the housing authority to build a six-foot screening fence along our boundary. When he arrived home from work the day it was completed, he screamed out, It's coming down, baby! Several times. I had written permission to build it. My fence was going nowhere. Things changed for him now that the fence was built. He could only push his garden rubbish up to the back of my wooden fence, where it would lay rotting for him to see, and grass between the two fences started to grow exceptionally long. He drilled holes in my wood fence while I was away during the day at classes. I guess that was so that he could spy on me. My dad used to come over on weekends and fill the holes. He then started to get very frustrated with the huge amount of garden shit and grass that he could see but not manage. So he poured lighter fluid on the grass. I guess it was lighter fluid or some sort of accelerant and set it on fire. Unfortunately for him, I was home at the time, so I called triple uh, zero. That's Australia's version of 911. And the fire service came to his house. I stood behind my wooden fence and listened to them give him a verbal warning about lighting fires. And his lame excuse was some young punks had set it up when he was not looking. No one believed him. Finally, after eight years of his shit, I was in a financial position to buy myself a beautiful townhouse. I had graduated from university and had a great career as a registered nurse. I love my job. My son was growing up and I was about to move. What did I do to say goodbye to Pigman? Colleague was originally from farmland in NSW and had access to extremely potent tree killers. She got me a little packet of the stuff. And one night I leaned my ladder against my big fence, climbed up and from above poisoned every single one of his fruit trees along the fence line. Then I moved out. Pigman, who was originally a New Yorker and his insane wife, who I nicknamed Keep On Dancing Maria, continued to have huge fights every day. I have seen her throw furniture out the doors and windows while screaming Chilean abuse at him. She once got him right on the back of the head with a rotten cantaloupe. I have seen his frayed underwear strewn across the backyard. His daughter organized for their house to be robbed while they were away on vacation. He was fired from his government job for fraud. He was, for all intents and purposes, what one would call a winner at life. I no longer uh, have Pigman in my life, and I do not miss those days. There were nights when I slept with a baseball bat by my side and I suffered anxiety because of his awful behavior. But I came through, and I'm happy now. I know where he's moved to after his divorce. Sometimes if I drive past his place and he's in the garden doing the same shit he used to do to me, I'll try to catch his eye and wave to him for my shiny new BMW sedan. Oh, well, you reap what you sow. Thanks, Tony and Jenny. I love your shows. Please be safe and happy. Mimi. From Brisbane. That's going to be hard to top. That's an excellent <laughs> first story for the first episode of this show. It is. That was the first story that came into us. That was great. So what the hell is it that drives people to do things like this? I mean, it's constant unhappiness. It's not like, you know, you're doing this and then you're solving a problem. It's just like constantly just finding ways of being unhappy. Well, yeah, I mean, and it was beyond just the 
I don't want leaves in my yard. The yeah. whole stalking thing took it to a whole nother creepy, dangerous level. Yeah. I mean, I guess that that's my question is what is going through someone's mind when they're doing that sort of behavior like stalking? Like, is there some sort of perverse, I'm going to win this person over and we're going to fall in love? Is there, I'm just going to scare the shit out of them? I mean, what the fuck is going through someone's mind? Uh, the connections aren't being made properly. Yeah. That's it. As far as what's going through his mind. I mean, I know connections aren't being made properly, but I'm trying to understand what those connections are. Like, what is going, what is he saying to himself when he's standing there in the bra section? Staring at the, like, what, that's, that's my question. Like, what is, what's being said? Something's being said in that mind. Mm -hmm. But what is that? I don't know. And that's the weird, crazy thing. And these are some of the things we're going to examine on this show. And I, I, I'd love to to get insight and have people say what they think of some of these crazy people, mm -hmm. because there's just so many things with neighbors where it's you, it's one thing with with the ghost show where we can go well it's ghosts here's our guests but we don't know these are living people these yeah so therefore more dangerous more dangerous they have intent of some sort but what the hell is that intent that they're creepily going about their business with. I remember growing up, we had a neighbor, the fire thing rings a bell uh, where she talked about the, mm -hmm. the fire and it was, uh, we had a Creek that separated our house from this other house. And this guy, uh, he would dress like uh, a, a North Korean dictator. Okay. Uh, fatigues mm -hmm. all the time. And that's all he would wear. And it was like, what is going on here with this guy? And uh, he would go out in his yard and he would constantly have an issue with things that were going on our side of the creek. He'd just stand, he'd point at things. And he would call the DNR, which is the Department of Natural Resources, on things like we weren't even doing. Like if the creek like washed a rock up in our yard, he called the DNR. Mm -hmm. This stuff is like, what? What's your problem? But then he would go, go do all these crazy things like move giant boulders into his yard. And it was okay if he did anything. Sure. But if anybody else did anything, oh my God. But I remember one day to get rid of the brush, uh, and I'm sure this was completely uh, safe to do, uh, along the creek line, he pours gasoline, mm -hmm. just gallons of it all so you know so yes it's getting into the brush but it's also i'm sure going into the creek yeah right there um and i remember i was playing in the yard and i hear this giant boom and all i see off in the distance on the other side of the yard is just this like it looked like a bomb went off mm -hmm. i'm like oh my god did their house explode or something and we're running over there and the whole side of the bank is on fire and that's how he was burning off his brush with gasoline and a match yeah. and it was just like oh my god but this is a man who's so concerned with the environment around him but he's doing that shit yeah so yeah just crazy people doing crazy shit if you have a, a crazy neighbor story we'd love to hear it uh Toll-free, 888-68-CRAZY is our phone number, or you can write in at nightmareneighbors.com.
Let's go to our next story. It says, I live next to the same neighbors for a while now. They are younger, mid-20s, I think, and uh, rent off their dad while some of them have moved out and uh, back in a few years later. Usually ends up being siblings with their girlfriends and boyfriends, uh, depending on who is living there. Anyway, the one guy that lives there now also ended up being my work neighbor. How convenient. So I see him occasionally when they're out taking smoke breaks or if I go to drop extra donuts off, I work at a donut shop. My brother and I went to pick up some pallets they had after talking to their manager to be sure it was okay. And just as we were about to leave, he walks out to his car and stares at us grinning. I tried to wave, but he just continued to stare. Yesterday, I was going in and out of my back door working on something and saw him looking over at us all weird. Our driveways are right next to each other, so I've made odd eye contact with him before. And my boyfriend has tried to say hi since he's stared him down and all he got back was a head nod. I used to like his brother, but his brother has moved out since and I never tried to make a move or anything. So I really doubt he ever knew. Once I was walking over to my car, they were standing at the one guy's car on the street and the cute one stared me down. I was going to say hi, but I chickened out and walked faster to my car. My boyfriend and I broke up for a short period of time and I saw his brother every single time I left the house. Usually, I rarely see the guy, but for a solid month, I saw him almost every day. It was odd. I've never talked to them personally. My mom has, which is the only reason I know what I uh, do know about them. Maybe they're simply weird. Any opinions? Part of me would like to get to know them. The other part of me is saying they're simply weird. Am I supposed to be renting the other side of my parents' duplex soon? So I'll see. Uh, uh, so uh, we will be neighbors for a while. Maybe they're just awkwardly attracted to you because it's it could be a case of the just I want to, you know, creepily stare at you, creepily stare, don't know how to be normal about it, don't know how to be cool about it, but just make sure I go outside and see you and, and stare when you're outside, you know, just doing normal stuff, you know, I'm sure she's not out there washing the car in the bikini or anything mm-hmm. like that, just normal stuff and they just don't know what to do. Creepily stare. How, how do you take that as, you know, when you're a single woman and you get creepily stared at? That can't be comfortable. The It depends on the type of woman you are, whether or not you're polite enough mm-hmm. to just, you know, ignore it. Or if you're mouthy. Because if you're mouthy, then you usually call them out on it and you embarrass them and then they stop. Mm-hmm. So. And does it stop or does it encourage or does it like light the fire with some people going, oh, she must like this? No. Usually works. Every time I've called them out, they've not, it's not been a problem anymore. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. See, I was, I, I'm never a person who could ever do the, I, I don't like eye contact to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I, I would, I could never be like the, I was never like, I'm going to stare at someone. Uh-huh. I'm always like trying to look away from people no matter yeah. what. So even if I do like someone, they they probably never even knew it because it was like, oh, he's aloof. He's not even paying attention. Um, but that's how I am. I hate being, I've been called aloof as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a shy thing, you know? Sure. And it's like, I'm not aloof, but you stare at me enough to where I'm uncomfortable. I'm, I'm totally not going to be shy anymore. I'm going to let you know what I think. Mm-hmm. So. If I just stared at you now, what it <laughs> well that would be different i don't even do but I, I don't i'm like i'm always looking around i'm always mm-hmm. like it's it's just it's how i am it's like eye contact scares me or something i don't know it's not scary it's uncomfortable yeah i don't know what the hell that you know it it's uncomfortable for both of us yeah so 
888-68-CRAZY is our phone number to share your crazy neighbor stories with us. 888-68-CRAZY. We haven't gotten, uh, I have another letter here, but I haven't gotten any of your crazy neighbor stories yet. And we should probably have you share an interesting one at some point on today's program. So while I'm doing this next story, think about which one you'd like to share from any point in your life from today to <laughs> whatever it may be. Uh, okay. Next one says, hi, all. I'm not sure if uh, this is uh, okay, but I'd like to uh, get some advice on this situation. Uh, I'm sorry if this is vague. I own, uh, uh, and I'm uh, sure my neighbor owns their property as well. Since we moved here, they did not like us. Something happened with someone who does not live here anymore, but they have targeted us since then, taking with previous or talking with previous owners, it seems like they have had issues with them as well, but they did not elaborate. It seems like they're always watching us for one reason or another. I've caught them peeking out of their blinds when I'm outside. If we are both outside, they're hyper-focused on us and what we are doing, opening their windows that they can see into our house. This one does not bother me too much. It's weird, but I ignore it. The bigger issue is that they try to contact everyone about us, literally. I'm sure they've talked to the other neighbors about us, though. That isn't confirmed. We found out recently they've contacted people we work with and then looked up friends of ours on Facebook and contacted them about us and went off about us. That one is wildly inappropriate and uncomfortable that they would go to that level to contact people we know. We're not sure of what examples neighbors brings up when contacting people in our lives other than they hate us. I'm not sure what to do. We keep our to ourselves, try to keep tidy. We're not loud. Hell, we not even go outside very much anymore other than to tend to our yard since this started happening. I try to be nothing but nice, friendly, and polite as the time uh, that passes by. I know it might not seem that extreme to some, but it legit freaks me out. They've contacted people we work with and people we're friends with just to say they hate us. Combined with them going out of their way to watch me makes me feel very uncomfortable. And I'm not sure how to handle the situation, especially if it escalates further. I've attempted to mend whatever bridge was burnt in the past, but they still seem determined to hate us. I know you can't please everyone in this world and some people will just dislike you and that's fine. But to contact people in our personal lives just to tell them they hate us is a bit too much for me. Am I overreacting? Is there anything I can do to repair our relationship with our neighbor? And if not, what can I do to feel safer? I'd like to make amends and feel safe in our own home. So I'd like any suggestions, apologies, uh, if uh, you don't have any advice. That is way over the line to contact, you know. I mean, there's there's quite a bit of stalking going on if they're digging in to see who your friends are and where you work and Mm -hmm. who you work with to try and just contact them to say, we hate this person, you know. Um. I guess if you really wanted to, you could try and go over and say, hey, you know, what did we ever do? Because this is obviously a misunderstanding. We've never had a problem with you. I don't know why you have a problem with us. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you enlighten me? That may or may not be productive. That's the same attitude I would take if it were a ghost. Be like, (laughs) you know, can you please stop? Yeah. But... This kind of person, I mean, it just makes me feel like they're they're not in their right mind if they're going to go ahead and contact your personal people. It feels that there's an extreme level of unstableness there, especially if you don't have any reason or understanding as to why they're upset at you. You almost like you need that. 
You know, doesn't that make sense? Yeah. I mean, what are you? <laughs> your unstableness is not a word. In- Unst- instabil- instability. Yeah. Yes. There's a, a level word. of instability. There. That's a word. I like unstableness. Uh-huh. But, um, um, but it's it's one of those things where until you kind of have a, a definition as to what is going on. How do you resolve it? I mean, because you don't know what you're walking into when you go over there. If you were to do that and say, I'm sorry, what are you apologizing for? And you don't know what they're going to throw at you. And it could be something completely crazy. Or it could be something very minor that really bothered them that can easily be fixed. Yeah. It's hard to know. Have you ever tried to resolve an issue with a neighbor? No. (laughs) No, I, I hate them. And then I end up moving. Not because of them, but I just eventually end up moving. It's just like, fuck it, we're done. <laughs> but it's not usually, I mean, we've never moved because of one neighbor. We've no. moved or are moving because of an entire neighborhood, sure. but not not been so bad that we're leaving because of one neighbor. No, but I guess like when it's not like such a big issue where... Um, it's, it's just the mentality of people. Like, for example, um, I know you had a neighbor, uh, in, in your apartment years ago upstairs that would cook food quite heavily, uh, and it has a certain smell to it well, all that- the time. And they were, they were friendly, but it was like, oh my God, this never ends. Like, would you ever, or, or have you ever, uh, addressed something like that where it's like, you know, you know, or a dog barking or something no, like that. No, a dog barking. Yes, I would. I would try and say, "Hey, look, this is really mm-hmm. becoming an issue. Sure, is there anything you can do to get Fido to shut the fuck up?" Well, I'd say it nicer than that. But um, the cooking thing. At first, I thought it was charming. Um, <laughs> and I, and I'll, in all honesty, it was a large Indian family mm-hmm. that lived next door, and. Everything smelled great. Yeah. It's just every day it gets to be anything you but cook every day. But I lived there for yeah. two years yeah. and then it got to be where like it just, it, it permeated every <laughs> every inch of my apartment and yeah. I was like, I don't know, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't think I could ever say anything like, sure. can, can you just make burgers one night? <laughs> you know, because I don't know if that's offensive or not. I don't yeah. want to ever offend somebody when it's sure. a cultural thing. Yeah. But that was hard. That was hard because I, that couch that I had in the apartment, we ended up taking to Goodwill mm-hmm. and I swear it still smelled like Korma <laughs> and bless their hearts. They were the nicest people yeah. ever. I, sure. I adored them as neighbors yeah. and they invited me over, but I was just like, I have smelled what you've made for two years. I I don't think I, I'm not hungry. If you're eating the same every day, it gets to be no matter what it is. Yeah. Overwhelming. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, neighbor story. Okay. It's your turn to, uh, to, to, to pitch one out here. I'm sure I will have more of in course. the future as I think of them. Um, but the one that comes to mind is pretty recent and, okay. um, we have a neighbor, we live in a neighborhood that is very vain, mm-hmm. very vain. And I'm not the smallest girl in the world, not the biggest girl in the world, but I'm not the smallest girl in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, so down at the bus stop where all the Karens congregate <laughs> to get their kids off the bus, yeah. 
I go down there. I'm trying to be friendly. I'm very outside of my bubble when we first move here, trying to just, you know, I'm going to go say hi and see, you know, whose kid belongs to whom. And one of the moms made a comment um, about she had to wear this giant rain slicker when she volunteered at school. And she said, oh, my God, I felt like I was like 200 pounds. And then she kind of looked at me and snickered. She didn't look at any of the other moms, but she kind of looked at me like, mm-hmm. like, you must know what that's like, you know? And I'm not putting words in her mouth, mm-hmm. but her mannerism toward it. And of course, these are all, you know, skinny ass moms that spend half their day in the gym. Mm-hmm. And that's fine if you like to exercise. I like to exercise, but these women... It's like they're what they live for. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that was the start of this neighborly friendship. Yeah. So I stopped going to the bus stop because I didn't have to. My kid can walk up the driveway on her own. Yeah. Um. You know, and I thought, okay, this is going to be rough. And um, then she started being nice again. And then she started inviting Harp over to play. Mm-hmm. And they have three little girls that are about Harp's age, mm-hmm. you know, within, yeah. you know, two or three years. And Harp comes home one day screaming and crying and beside herself, you know, saying that these girls put pillows all over her and they sat on her mm-hmm. and she couldn't breathe. And she was scared because she could not breathe. They, you know, were suffocating her. Yeah. Never heard anything from the mom. I didn't go over there because I was already. Yeah mad about the fat shaming thing. So I knew if I went over there, it was going to be bad news and cops don't need to be called <laughs> to this neighborhood. So anyway, through the fence, the girls are talking and these little shits are taunting <laughs> Harper and they're like, our mommy said you just overreacted. We were just having fun. Um, but you know, when she got out of the shower, she was really mad at us. So come to find out, my kids over there are supposed to be being watched, mm-hmm. you know, by this woman who's got three girls. And she's taking a shower, has no idea that her daughters are trying to kill my daughter. Mm-hmm. So I had just had enough. This has been escalating. So what was it, three days ago? I yeah. went out there. Yeah. And, you know, with the quarantine, the kids have no place to play. They can't go to the park. Sure. So she's in the backyard and the little brats are on their trampoline and they're, they're mocking Harper Mm -hmm. and Harper comes in in tears and she's like, they won't leave me alone. I can't even play in my backyard. Mm -hmm. And so I go out there and I tell their little asses, (laughs) you better stop talking to Harper or I'm going to come talk to your mommy and your daddy about you. And I'm going to tell them everything and you're going to be in big trouble. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they went inside. And then, of course, here comes, you know, douchebag dad Mm -hmm. kind of peeks his head out the door, looks around and goes back in. Still nothing said. No apologies for our our kid trying to kill your kid or apologies for our kid bullying your kid. Mm -hmm. You know, she also tried to stick gum in Harp's hair on the bus. So, yeah, they're lovely people. They're lovely people. They are assholes deluxe. And so I feel for the family moving into this house. Yeah. 
But you know what? I'm not one of those skinny bitch Karens that's going to be at the bus stop. So maybe they'll fit in. Who knows? I don't know. I'm not going to miss them. No. uh, So, yeah. Fun times living in a neighborhood, isn't it? (laughs) Our other neighbors on the other side are great. Yeah, they are good. And the ones across the street are great. Yeah. But then we got these people. (laughs) I almost said something you were going to have to bleep. (laughs) So. I don't think we've ever had to believe anything on a show, so that would be uh, that would be a first. <laughs> you uh, have a bleep? Uh, well, in post-production, I uh, do. Okay. Um, one more story. It says, my upstairs neighbor is a nightmare, and quarantine is just making it worse. I'm ready to scream. Uh, on mobile and angry, so forgive the formatting. I uh, know people have issues with their upstairs neighbors, but this is becoming something else. I try to, uh, so extremely hard to be tolerant of her, but I've decided to set parameters. First off, our community has uh, in our rules that quiet hours are from uh, 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. I personally have quiet hours uh, when I start to care about other people's noise from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m., especially on the weekends. I try to be understanding. And this neighbor is just straight up the rudest person I know. Just now, she decided to start vacuuming her master bedroom at midnight and uh, waking my partner and I both up. I thought maybe she spilled something. Give her a minute, five minutes of solid vacuuming. I got angry and stood in my bed and hit the ceiling four times. She heard me, shut off the vacuum, and stomped twice. Fine, whatever. I laid back down to sleep. 35 minutes later, I hear the vacuum again, this time above the second bedroom where currently my immune-compromised brother has been staying during this quarantine. Whole community knows he's there. I have a big red sign taped to my apartment door stating his health issues and extra precautions we're doing. Now, I'm livid because she woke woke, uh, my sick... uh, or woke me sick, not uh, with COVID, but sick in general, brother. It's now 1.03 a.m., and I still hear the vacuum going around upstairs an hour after it started. This is not the first time. She did the exact same thing 10 days ago. She also blasts music at all hours of the night, loud enough where if I have nothing on in my home, I can still hear and tell you what song is on. She does not care, and I think that is why I'm so mad. If I'm not typing this... uh, I would be marching upstairs and pounding on the door. I try not to con. I tried to, to not contact our property manager for stupid shit. I think I'm finally at my limit with her, and I'll be calling the property manager in the morning. That's about the best you can do is call the property manager. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be a battle of who can bang louder. Yeah. On the ceiling, because people don't get it. There, there's no. I don't know. Has it ever worked for anyone ever where you have an annoying neighbor in an apartment situation and banging on the wall made that other person go, oh, shoot, I'm sorry. Let me stop that. No, no, it hasn't. But I will tell you when I lived in the apartment, I didn't bang on anything, Mm -hmm. but I had some noisy neighbors upstairs Mm -hmm. and I had just moved in and I did not know them and I had never actually even seen them. Yeah. So, you know, it's past... Liv's bedtime at the time she's a year and a half and I go up there with Liv just because I want them to realize there's a little girl down there trying to sleep Mm -hmm. and they open the door and then I realize that they probably can't help what they're doing Mm -hmm. um it was actually two best friends and they both had down syndrome Mm -hmm. and they were the sweetest guys ever and I just said you know, can you from this time to this time just kind of be, you know, a little quieter mm-hmm. so she can sleep? And they were awesome. Sure. And come to find out one was my doctor's 
uh, who I've been to that doctor forever, it was his son. Mm -hmm. And so they were so sweet. And they, you know, we actually, because of that situation, you know, got to where we always said hi to each other and we were friends and everything. And they were super, super nice. Sure. But the whole doing that kind of shit on purpose is different. Is different. Yeah. And that's one of those things where you got to like, I think initially take you to do the best foot forward thing like you did and just go knock on a door mm-hmm. like, hey, and then you discover, okay, here's what's going on. Yeah. And then there's an understanding of, of what And what they is. were just dancing. They were yeah. just having fun so they didn't and dancing. Know. No. And they weren't used to having a, a mom and a little girl downstairs right. either. So then, then they knew and then they respected that. Um, and, and sometimes that's all it takes. But sometimes there's so many cases where even people know and they don't yeah. care. I, I had uh, an apartment that I lived in and um, I, I thought I was I was trying to figure I don't know what's better living in the upstairs or below. I, I've had nightmares on both situations. Um, the one that that uh, which one do I want to share? Because I have so many of them. Um, I'll go with the broom lady. Um, so I was on the upstairs apartment. It's just me. And a cat. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I'm not a noisy person. I don't blare my music. I always wear headphones, quite mm-hmm. honestly. I don't even have a speaker in the studio. Um, so I'm I'm very quiet. I don't blare TVs. But and I don't know if it was just the building itself was so thin. I know the walls were paper thin. So I'm assuming the floors were probably also not very well insulated. But I would just simply be walking across my floor. That's it. I just I'd like walk to the kitchen. And all of a sudden I hear boom, boom, boom under the ceiling. It must be a broom or something. And she, I couldn't walk anywhere in that apartment without her banging. And you would think I was like bowling or something. The way that she'd violently hit the thing and shout and scream. So I don't know if there was something wrong with her. Nope. What? (laughs) You are the heaviest walker in the world. (laughs) You... Blood everywhere you go. Yeah. You you walk with purpose. <laughs> so that was it. That is it. It you, was me. It's almost a march. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's a march? Yeah. It's like you, especially when you are intently, you need to get something or you need, or something's uh-huh. on your mind. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> well, I never Seriously. thought of it that way. Well, honey, I love you. But you are a heavy walker. I didn't realize that. Yeah. No, I would have been banging the shit out of that ceiling, too. (laughs) There would have been no chance we ever would have dated. I was so confused. No. Because it was like, I'm not, I'm not like moving furniture. I'm not vacuuming in the middle of the night. I'm not doing anything rude. I'm, it was just like, I'm walking to the kitchen. Yeah. (laughs) That'll do it. Well, here you go. I thought you're going to be on my side on this one. I'm and, sorry. And being like... I'm on the side of honesty. <laughs> well, there you go. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Nightmare Neighbors. If you have a neighbor from hell story, call it in 888-68-CRAZY, 888-68-CRAZY, or write in at nightmareneighbors.com. We would absolutely love to hear it. Leave us a review there on Apple Podcasts. Help us growing the rankings and let folks understand that we exist. Greatly appreciate that. Until next time, for Jenny, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to the Nightmare Neighbors podcast.